We are going to have a resilient moms panel. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of discussion. Uh, sermons are awesome, but I think testimony is the greatest sermon that we can give. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about just being resilient. We're in our series right now, Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. Uh, so we're trying to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord uh, for whatever he has coming. Um, and that's really important. But before we dive in, uh, I just wanted to address the fact that we, we realize here at Living Streams, stuff is going on in the world all the time. Uh, and if, if you uh, haven't heard, there's been a rumor going around that potentially uh, the Roe v. Wade uh, decision is going to be reversed. Um, this is something that we're going to be talking about more uh, in the coming weeks. Um, but ultimately for us, really, it comes down to this. Uh, Jesus loves everybody. God created everybody on purpose and for a purpose. Uh, in Jeremiah, it says, before I was put in my mother's womb, you had a calling on my life. And so for, for us, we, we realize this is an important subject and it's a complicated subject in a lot of ways, uh, but we want to really just rest on the fact that foundationally, our trust in Jesus is built on knowing that life is really important and it's really valuable. Um, and this is also one of those situations where you see things happening in the world, and there's some violence going on. There's some, some things that are happening. And so ultimately, I think we need to have the prayer of Jehoshaphat when he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And ultimately, for us as a church, we want to be a house of prayer, first and foremost. We could say a lot of really great things up here, but if there's not a foundation of prayer in this house, it really is for nothing. And so right now, just before we dive in, uh, would you just join me in praying for our country uh, in, this, in this season? So, Jesus, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And we thank you that, God, you have not left us or forsaken us. We thank you that in this season uh, that you are moving, that there is some movement going on that we could really stand behind and say, that's good. Um, but Lord, we just pray against the enemy right now over America that's stirring up division and violence. We pray that you would stay the hand of the enemy. Uh, we pray that, Lord, you would give us in the church clarity and strength when it comes to this subject. Uh, Lord, I pray that we really would be a people that love other people really well. But primarily, Jesus, we pray that, Lord, this would be a nation of life that this would be a nation that stands behind all life, pre-born or not. And uh, Lord, you'd, you'd give us grace and wisdom. You'd give us uh, so much compassion, Jesus, that we could walk through this, uh, through this season with you, Holy Spirit, uh, in front of us. But more than anything, God, we just, we pray that your name would be glorified. More than legislation changing, God, we pray for revival in our town, that you would revive our hearts and you would turn this nation to you, Jesus. We pray this audaciously in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, would you guys join me in welcoming our panel of moms out here? Come on out. Oh, wait, they're getting microphones. Just long, long applause because they're still coming out. There we go. There we go. It's awesome. <laughs> and faith, faith, keep the applause going. Here comes faith. <laughs> faith in classic style was like just teaching some people and then ran over here to teach some more people. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, so this is our resilient moms panel. 
uh, we're naming it that because we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of uh, difficulties that they've gone through in their life and that the way that the Lord has shown up, the way that the Lord has given them strength uh, in that. And we're going to talk a little bit about some spiritual disciplines. But as we start, would you introduce yourselves, maybe how long you've been going to Living Streams, and then tell us a funny mom story. I think anything in the realm of like, <laughs> anything funny that you think people would enjoy, go ahead, go ahead and go for it. Sarah, would you start? Hi, I'm Sarah Tomich. Um, my husband and I, Ian, uh, have been coming here for about 12 years now. And we have three kiddos, two girls and a boy in the middle, 12 to down to seven. So we're venturing into teen years. So super excited about Those that. Those are some different years yep. for sure. Yep. I know how to do toddlers. I'm not sure about teenagers. <laughs> but it's kind of like being three again, I've noticed. Yes, they bit. revert. Yeah, they yeah. revert. There's a very childlike right. attitude. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Just the timeout doesn't work the same way. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Different timeouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so one story, just um, real quick, is uh, when I was in, um, after I had had my first daughter, um, I was totally exhausted, first delivery, it was very long, and I was kind of a hot mess, I had lots of drugs in my system, and I was recovering, and I was just kind of out of it, and totally exhausted, um, and my husband was there with me, of course, and he was in the room with the nurse who was helping him learn how to change a newborn diaper, and um, so after a little while, they got it. And I kind of was cool with the diaper thing. Um, I knew how to, to do that. But he, I, all, all of a sudden, I heard him say, oh, good. I totally got this. I know how to do it. And I was like, oh, good. I'm so glad he knows because I have no idea what I'm doing. And so anyway. But Nothing it, makes you feel more inadequate than having children. You go, I don't know right. anything. I don't know how to take care of it. Yeah, yeah so, so if he had it, so that was good. That's all I needed. That's awesome. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Faith. My name is Faith. I've been coming to Living Streams since before many of you were born. <laughs> since 95. <laughs> good year, good year. Um, I have two children, two adult children, and funny story, um, when my children were young, we lived in Michigan, and we had a tornado touchdown not very far from our house, and um, we didn't have a basement, so we were all hiding in a closet, and when we came out of the closet, the noise died down and all of that kind of stuff. Um, my four-year-old said to me, Mom, that's the first time I ever really repented of my sins. <laughs> and as a mom, I wanted to say, what sins? But I didn't. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Jen. My name is Jennifer Bishop, and um, my husband Sean and I have been going to church here for about 16 years now. And um, so this is really our church home, and we love you guys. Um, but my story, so um, I have two sons, and uh, a nine and a six-year-old, both of whom were born to us through adoption. And so when my eldest son was being born, we were, um, had been called to the hospital, and um, when his birth mother was just about to deliver him, we were waiting right outside of the door. The doctors and nurses were all rushing around. And we had our counselor there with us, and I was standing there, and it was just this really huge moment where everything was about to change. 
and I leaned over to um, my husband and our birth counselor, and I just know they thought I had something really profound to say because it was this really incredible moment. And I leaned over to them, and I'm like, I think I'm going to pass out. And it was just this moment where life was about to have this huge shift, and um, it was just a funny, sweet moment for us to start motherhood. That's so funny. Now, I'm not a mom, but I do have a quick story to share. Um, when, uh, when, when my kids were younger, we, we have three right now, but when my two kids were really young, I thought I would do like the super dad routine. And I told my wife, hey, I will walk these two kids to McDonald's, which is like a mile away. And I'm going to just take them for, you know, for a couple of hours, let you rest. So I take the kids, you know, I've got, I've got the stroller and, and we get to McDonald's. And all of a sudden, my daughter, she's really little, had a blowout diaper situation. So like up her back, sort of like, I don't know how much, how that sort of velocity can happen with, uh, with poop, but it did. And, and so I was like, okay. And I went to grab the diapers and I realized I had no diapers at all. No wipes, no nothing. So I thought maybe I can make some wipes out of like the, the like paper towels in there. So there is a McDonald's in Tucson, Arizona that I still feel so bad for whoever had to clean up after me because it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, so anyway, those, those are some, a few funny stories for, for parenting. But resiliency in life requires that we go through hard things, right? Um, resiliency is really only built when we go through something hard and we come to the other side. And so as we were talking through the week, you know, there's some big stories in your life where the Lord showed up, but there were some really difficult times. So Faith, why don't you start us off, talk a little bit about parenting in the early years and kind of some, some of that. So, Probably the most um, difficult part, I didn't realize at, at that time um, the impact because I didn't know what was going on, but in my home, I had married someone that I believed to be a believer and um, assumed that that's just the way it was. It's the way we talked. We went to church together, and I assumed that that was who he was. But he was um, one person when he was with me and a completely different person when I was not there. And so my kids grew up in a situation that was very confusing. They had a mom who really loved Jesus and, and talked about Jesus. And when I was in the home, so did their dad. But when I was not in the home, um, he was a totally different person and um, often abusive. And I did not discover that until um, they were like going into high school and junior high. and. Um, already very troubled. Um, both of my kids ended up uh, getting into um, drugs and into um, other issues that you do when you're troubled. <laughs> Did you want me to share about? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. So when I began to realize this, it, it filled me with fear. Um, how in the world are they ever going to recover from this kind of an upbringing? How are they ever going to actually know that Jesus is real and that Jesus can make a difference? And I was sitting in church one day, and I really wasn't listening for the Lord to speak. He just decided that that's when he was going to talk. And um, he told me to look up Isaiah 49, 
24. And it reads, can plunder be taken from warriors or captives re rescued from the fierce? And that's what I felt like had really happened. I felt like the enemy had stolen my children um, and I did not know how to get them back. But this is what the Lord says, yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. Then all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your savior, your redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. For years I hung on to that, um, just hanging on to believing that God would fulfill his, his word. Um, my kids went through a lot of years where they were troubled, but they both came to a time where they now believe in Jesus and they're both solid in their walks. So. And that was a long season, though. It was a long season, right? You know, it was a long season. It was a very long yeah. season. Yeah, and there are those long seasons where, you know, you're going, Lord, are you hearing my prayer, you know? Yeah. And sometimes there's just a tenacity to keep going and keep asking, you know? It's beautiful. Jen, I know we were talking about big things in life, and I know your journey to becoming a mom uh, isn't like everybody else's journey, but... Uh, why don't you share a little bit about what that was like for you and what you've come on the other side with? Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned in my introduction that my boys were born to us through adoption. And, um, you know, when my husband and I had been married for one year, I can still remember us sitting on our anniversary at the steakhouse, and we decided it was time to have babies. And, um, you know, as, as a woman, I mean, I grew up playing with dolls, just assuming that I would be a mother. I mean, that's what women do is we have babies. And, um, and it's this amazing gift. And so we decided it was time. And we realized about two years in that um, that wasn't quite as simple as it sounded. And so um, we were really struggling with that. We were going through fertility treatments, um, just walking through that season. And it was really just a season of deep grief for me. Um, I couldn't fix it. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, we saw the doctors and did all the things and they're like, you're perfect. We literally can't find anything wrong with either one of you. And um, we just didn't know what to do. And it was just this, this road we were walking that I, it was going on for so long. I just didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel and I had no answers because they couldn't figure out what the problem was. And so, um, about four years, four or five years into it, um, I, I remember I was in my house, I can still see myself walking down the hallway, and it was just this moment where um, the grief and the loneliness and all the things came crashing in on me, and I, I literally shook my fist at God, and I said, I am so mad at you, I'm so angry at you, and I don't know who you think I am, I can't do this. And, um, and so, um, I heard the Lord say in that moment, he said, I've been waiting for you to say that. So he knew all along. I don't know what I thought I was hiding, but he knew all along. And, um, and that was really when my healing began. And so we continued down that road, praying and seeking answers. And um, at about um, five and a half years, really God started to turn our hearts toward adoption. And we knew that that was the direction he was leading us. And so we go and we sit down with the adoption agency and we're talking with the counselor. And 
joy just begins to pour out of my heart. And I had no idea that I had closed my heart down because I was, um, I was in so much pain and I was trying to hide it. And I had put on the good Christian girl mask and tried to smile and through the pain and all the things. And it was just like this gusher of joy. It was the most amazing thing. And I knew that that was the right step for us. And so then fast forward, um, it was super quick for us. They, they specifically asked us not to share with anybody how fast our adoption process was because they're like, this never happens. But you're so, sharing with a lot of people right now. So I know, yeah. I know. So I'm going to tell all of you. Um, but you know, I really felt like it was the kindness of the Lord. We, we had been through a lot and it was so long. And so it was just his kindness. And, um, when when they call, when we got the call that my son my first son was being born we were at the hospital and um, when he was born we heard his first cries we were standing outside the door they brought us into the room and they put him in my arms and it was um, it was like this moment where God brought the entire thing um, full circle and all of those years of pain and grief were redeemed and and truly in one second I was like everything was worth it and my whole body sighed. And it was just this moment where I was like, this is the child that I've prayed for for all these years. And it was amazing. It's beautiful. And I think one of the things too, as we were talking this week, the Lord kind of kept, kept that process going and even pulled the ministry around that was a little bit unexpected, right? Yes, very unexpected. Um, so, you know, I said earlier that I, I was assuming that I would be speaking to women about infertility and helping them walk through that pain. But really what happened was in 2015, the Lord called me to go work in crisis pregnancy centers. And um, I have this amazing gift now where I get to go in and I get to counsel with these women and sit with them as they are going through crisis situations and as they're making um, literally life and death decisions. And I get to go sit with them and minister to them. And oftentimes I'm able to share the love of Christ with them many times to people who tell me they've never had anyone say that to them. And so I can't even begin to tell you the ways the Lord has redeemed that season. And it was all came from that time of waiting. And had I not gone through that, I, I never would have come into this ministry. It's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's awesome. <laughs> now, we were, we were talking too. It's like we've got these high points in our life. Well, low points, the high low points, the, the things that stick out is this is the greatest challenge I've gone through. But for all of us, post-2020, we've been going through this like steady chipping away of just like little hard thing after little hard thing after big hard thing after little hard thing. And sometimes it's really tough to, to just kind of Keep your, keep your mind at ease and to hear from the Lord in all of these sort of things that are going on. So any of us that are parents, it's like we're debating, do we homeschool? Do we do private school? Is, you know, is, is public school okay? Is the, you know, all of these things that we're trying to make these decisions on, they're real things and they kind of chip away. That's like this background noise of stress that kind of fills us. But what we really need to hear, which is what David talked about a couple weeks ago, so we really need to hear from the Lord. We really need clarity. There's no like cookie cutter sort of thing for us in our relationship with Jesus. And I know, Sarah, we were talking about that a little bit with you, with you and Ian and looking at school and all of that. Maybe walk us through a little bit of what the Lord did and the unexpected thing you heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, this last year was just so challenging. I think in so many ways for all of us, we kind of got so shaken that we're all kind of looking to see what we should be doing and 
you know, where the Lord has us, <clears throat> excuse me, now. And this last year was just uh, particularly difficult with our kiddos in just trying to get back to normal with school um, and just kind of trying to settle into a normal routine, which was really anything but normal. Um, and it was just really, really hard, and it still is a challenge, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, but for a while, uh, and certainly the first semester of school, I had quite a few friends that had switched school situations, um, homeschool, different things, um, private schools, and I was really struggling, should we move our kids um, out of the public school that we're in? And I really felt like we should. And so I was praying through it, and I was really, the kids were having a hard time. I didn't have a solution, so we didn't pull them right away. And, um, and so we kept just kind of pressing on, and I was just getting to the point where I was so anxious about it, and I was waking up at night, and I wasn't sleeping well. And I just kept asking the Lord, like, why is this so hard? Like, where should we be? What is, you know, what's going on? All these different questions. Why, why basically, why don't I not have an answer? And so that went on for a while. We toured a, a school that I thought was going to be the fit. It was going to be the good change that was going to solve all of our kind of school problems. And it wasn't. And it, I, I just kind of, it was hard because I really wanted an easy, do this and it'll be taken care of. And um, it just wasn't what God had for us. And so after a little while after that, um, I just finally came to a breaking point And I was like, Lord, I you know, I just don't know what to do. This isn't going well. My oldest was having a really hard time even going, wanting to go to school. And so it just became really, really hard. And um, one day the Lord just spoke to my heart and he just said, you know, this is where I have you. Um, and you're in the right place. And that was not the answer I wanted. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a hard place. It's a struggling place. It's not easy, and um, he, he really has a lot for us there. Um, he has a lot for me there, and the more I kind of pressed into it, he really shows me, and he's still showing me every day that he has us there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes one of the hardest things we could hear from the Lord is, stay where you're at, you're in the right place. Because I think it's easier to, for us to go, something doesn't feel right, so I need to change something, right? And to hear from the Lord go, no, you're in the right place. Sometimes that's a little bit more challenging. But I think for all of us, we're, we're, we're hungry for that word from the Lord. And the, one of the things that we just kept coming up as we were talking was a real importance for prayer. Prayer is a vital thing. And I'm an Enneagram 3. I like to like get things done. I like to look at my day and go, oh yeah, check, check, check. I got all that done. Prayer is one of those hard ones for me where I go, did I accomplish anything? You know, and Prayer ultimately is the work, though. When you look at the life of Jesus, when you look at the things that we're facing, we are desperate. We have to hear from the Lord, and we have to develop a prayer life. And I love, you were, you were sharing a little bit downstairs, Sarah, about the disciples. And honestly, if you want to feel better about yourself, read through the disciples, because you'll be like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, I'm not so bad. Uh, but maybe tell that story a little bit with Jesus praying, uh, you know, in the garden. Yeah, so this week, the Lord kept bringing the Gospels to mind, especially the part where they're leading up to um, going to where they go into the garden <clears throat> right before Jesus is taken away to be crucified, excuse me. 
And I was reading through the different Gospels, and I just, you know, the part where the disciples keep falling asleep just always has gotten me so much. Um, and I just, I really don't know why he didn't pick one that could have stayed up. You would think he would have the skills to pick like those right. night people. I know he yeah. did. And I'm a night person, so I'm like, come on, let's do this, you know. I could have been up. Anyway, okay, so I get to Luke, um, and in the Gospel of Luke, um, in the verse, or sorry, chapter 22, in verse 39, he says, he went out and he made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. So these are his people. These are the people that he picked, his community. When he reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. And then dropping down into verse 45, he got up from prayer, this is Jesus, came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And I just... When I read the part where it says, why are you sleeping? Um, he found them sleeping exhausted from their grief. And I just thought, here, here they are, these disciples, his community that have been with him this whole time. Jesus in the flesh is with them. And they're so discouraged about their situation that they're in that they couldn't even stay awake, that they fell asleep. They couldn't pray. They were just completely exhausted they were totally discouraged. They were distraught. Um, they were distraught in their situation, what, what they were going through. Um, and he didn't come back and rebuke them. And he just said, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And so I just saw this such as a call to prayer that, you know, it's so, it's so easy to stop praying too. When there's hard things, I think we can so easily focus on our situation that we're in right now and kind of take our eyes off the Lord. And um, that was his call. That's good. Yeah, and I think there's a word for that for us here too. You know, it's like, do not fall asleep in these times. And I think for those of us that are kind of leaning into, Lord, what are you saying over our season right now? I think a lot of us are feeling that temptation to fall asleep. You know, we're, we're, we're feeling that like, it's just too hard. I'm exhausted with grief. I don't know what to do. And I feel like this is a word for us even in this time where Jesus is like, don't fall asleep. Do not fall spiritually asleep in this season. Keep your eyes attuned to what the Lord is doing. Keep your ear attuned to the Lord. Because there are some things, it's like we have no idea what's coming up. We hear the wars and rumors of wars and all these things that can cause a lot of angst. But ultimately, Jesus knows exactly what's coming. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we need for today. And we have to stay awake. But you have to cultivate that prayer life, right? You have to cultivate that like, Lord, what are you saying? And I love, Jen, we were, t we were talking this week and you were like, I keep hearing all these, you know, for years ago when you were like, I kept hearing all these people say, I heard this from the Lord. And you're like, I don't know if I'm wired that way, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had all these people in my life who I saw the fruit of a very active relationship with Christ. Um, and they would say, you know, the Lord said this, or I heard this from the Lord. And I was telling myself, you know what, I just don't hear from the Lord that way. And I felt the Lord one day speak to me, and he said, that's a lie from the enemy. You actually do hear from me. You do hear my voice. You have my Holy Spirit inside of you. I sent him, and I communicate with you just as a father would. And so as a parent for me, 
um, I realize like I'm, I'm in communication with my kids all the time. I'm correcting them. I'm loving on them. I'm, I'm speaking words of wisdom to them and all the different things. But we're, it's a constant flow of communication between us and my husband too. And I realized if, if I was only ever talking to my husband and never listening or talking to my kids and never listening, that wouldn't make for that great of a relationship. And so, um, really I had to just go to the Lord and ask him, number one, help me to hear you and to have confidence that I'm hearing you. And he did. He absolutely did. And it's actually amazing how much he talks. It's just a constant flow of conversation, but he's your father. He gave you his Holy Spirit. He wants us to be in communication with him. And so that was just a really big deal to me to grow in that confidence and then just to trust that, um, he actually wanted to talk to me. I love that. Yeah. And sometimes it's just that expectation that the Lord's going to speak that really matters. And Sarah, I know too, we were talking a little bit about sometimes it's hard to carve out that space, right? And I think you and I are really similar. Like, I love diving into the Word and like deep dive, but sometimes I'm like, I don't have the time for that right now. You know, what do I do? Uh, tell us a little bit of maybe the practicality of how the Lord's been speaking to you recently. Yeah, so I've always loved the idea of the morning routine, but I'm not a morning person, I'm a night person. So the whole idea of waking up early and doing the whole Bible routine in the morning is just well, always really been a challenge for me. Um, so I recently started something um, where I pray while I'm brushing my teeth, and I have a two-minute timer on my toothbrush, so I do what's called a three-minute morning routine. It's a podcast that I listen to, but basically it's prayer and spending time with the Lord during the three minutes, the first three minutes of your day. So now I get up, I go straight in to start brushing my teeth, and I read um, a verse, and I pray through it, and I, I basically ask the Lord to go with me in that day and his plans that he has for me, that I would see them, and that he would go ahead of me in my day. Um, and I love it because I hear him and I see him working through my day every day, and it's just it's just so amazing to me, and it's so affirming, and it's so amazing to see the Lord um, I'll just real quick read the verse that I read. It's Psalm 5:3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. I will give you my my I will give my prayer to you, and eagerly watch. Um, so what I love about this is that it's me speaking, me expecting him to hear me, like what Jen was saying. Um, I know he's going to hear me. And that was actually something I really struggled with when I first started praying. I, I hindered and I didn't pray often because I felt in my somehow that he wasn't going to hear me or that he maybe wouldn't answer my prayers. Um, so now I really try really hard to give him my prayer. And it's also not only a giving, but it's a letting go. I'm giving it over to him and I'm letting go of whatever that is. And then I eagerly um, watch to see him work. So that's just the intention of going throughout my day and seeing the Lord working in my day. And as I mentioned, it just is so amazing to see him work. He always has something there for me every day. And it's just amazing to see him. And it's so good for my soul to have him just show me things throughout the day. It's so affirming to see him work. I love that. And hopefully we're all brushing our teeth every day. So I feel like that's like an easy thing. No, 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 not everyone in this room. We could talk about it after service, but, uh, you know, couple of minutes in the day, it's really important. And I think sometimes it's like just, just cultivating that relationship, that expectation in the small moments of the day going, okay, Lord, what are you saying now? What are you saying now? It's that awareness 
that the Lord wants to speak. It's that expectation that He is going to speak that's really important. But sometimes we hear a word from the Lord that's really big, right? And sometimes it's like, in faith, you and I were chatting about this this week. You were facing this stuff with your kids and all of these really big things. Sometimes you hear something from the Lord that just stops you in your tracks and you go, this is something I can hold on to for a while. This is a promise I can hold on to. When I was praying for my children, um, I was praying really desperate prayers. Uh, I believe that um, there's no joy outside of Jesus and there can be a great deal of destruction. Um, so I was praying desperate prayers that, that Jesus um, would bring them to know him. And as I've already said, it was many years in the, in the working. But one day when I was praying, I felt like the Lord said, you pray for my kids, um, and I'll take care of yours. And so I began on a journey of praying for um, people's unbelieving children. I, I have a long list of unbelieving children <laughs> that I'm praying for, that, that they'll come to know Jesus. Um, but I had to realize, I realized when the Lord said that to me, that, that He loves His kids who are, have walked away from Him just like I love my kids. But His love is much deeper, and, and He longs um, for them to come to know Him. And so if I would agree in, in, with Him um, in prayer that those that He loves comes to know Him, um, then he would um, take care of mine. I love that. And he, and he did. Yeah, he eventually. did. He, yeah. Yes, he yeah. did. But I love that. Yeah, if you take care of my kids, I'll take care of yours. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, now, one of the things about prayer, you know, we, we're cultivating, trying to listen, listen for, the, for the word of the Lord. We're trying to just create space. We're diving into the word to learn the character of God. There's all these little things that help us in our prayer life. But at some point, we get to that place where you hear something from the Lord, and the Lord's saying, I want you to share that with somebody else. And for those of us who have been like kind of digging the trenches of prayer, at some point you go, oh no, <laughs> this, is, this is a little bit scary. And we were, we were chatting this week, Jen, and it's like, at some point, you know, like the Lord gives you a word of prophecy, a word of, and it's not like weird, you don't have to like, you know, uh, be like John the Baptist to, to share words of prophecy. It could be really simple. Um, but share some of the things that you are hearing for our church, because ultimately that's like the, the thing that we do to edify one another. When we hear from the Lord, we share it with each other, and we encourage everyone. So you are hearing some stuff for our church. I think it'd be really important for you to share. Yeah. Um, so this gets me really excited, but um, for a couple years, I've been feeling like the Lord has been speaking to me about what He wants to do in the country, and it's just a very deep sense in my spirit um, of his heart and what he wants to do. But a couple months ago, he began to speak about um, our church specifically. And it was um, one of the things that came to mind was the day that we had, um, what did you call it? It's like the Joy the, Sunday. The Joy yeah. Sunday. Maybe some it's of you It's a Sunday where we this. just had like confetti yeah, and we just went a little crazy. Things and the kids were up. David had invited the kids up on stage to dance. And he gave the congregation basically you have permission, not that you need it, but to worship however brings you joy and to show your joy to the Lord. And there was just something that I saw in our church in that moment, and it was like, um, 
just something opened up and this exuberant, incredible worship. People were smiling. It was something different than I've ever seen here before. And the Lord had, is saying, I feel like, that we are on the verge of, um, He is about to do something in, in this church through worship. I believe that with my whole heart. And it's almost like um, I was sharing with you that it's like this dam that just the pressure is building and building, and he is just waiting, and he's like, it's coming, just wait, and it is going to be so good. But I believe that there's something that happens in the spiritual realm when we pray and when we worship um, and come before the Lord in that way in authenticity and in joy um, that things are shifted and changed. And I don't know exactly what that is, but I it's one of the strongest things I've ever felt for a church, and, and we've talked about it. You feel the same, but it is like right there, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what the Lord does, but it's going to be good. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I, we've been feeling a lot of the same things. We've been talking about that for a while, and those of us on staff, we've been just feeling the sense of anticipation, like the Lord's, Lord's doing something. I mean, our last baptism, it was funny, we had scheduled, I can't remember how many scheduled, like eight or something like that. And then we ended up baptizing 11, which was like, okay, great, more people are coming. Uh, Kurt just told me three people gave their life to Jesus just last service alone. Uh, it's like we have, yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's, we've got baptism coming up. And if you want to be baptized, email Kurt, although we have a lot of people that want to be baptized and it's good. This is all the good stuff. And it's not because we have really great sermons, and it's not because everything we do at Living Streams is perfect. It's far from that. But I think there's an authenticity to our community of truly wanting to seek the Lord and seek, seek the Lord for what He has, not just for our church at large, but each one of us. And each one of you is called to ministry. There's something that the Lord has placed in your life uh, to, for you to uniquely walk in that I think when you add all that up in this room, the potential is huge. This last Easter, we had 2,500 people come across the five services in three days. I mean, we've never had an Easter like that. We had people give their life to Jesus every single uh, service that we did. So the Lord is moving, and this is something to be excited about. And it's not just for the church leaders. It's for all of us in the church, right, to, to grab a hold of what the Lord's doing. Uh, so I just think there is some, there's a really beautiful season. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think that's why God gives these prophetic words, so that we can all be edified and encouraged through it.